when I started with the lab four years ago, my relocation package was $60,000. And that's six zero, not one six, right? Um, since then, they somehow decided that $60,000 just wasn't enough money to relocate a person. So they have since taken the cap off of the relocation package. So whatever it costs is simply what it costs. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. I'm Kathleen Smith of ClearJobs.net, and I'm here with my co-host, Rachel Bozeman, a recruiting professional with loads of cleared and commercial recruiting experience. Well, hello, audience. Glad to be here. So today we're going to be talking with Meg Duba from Idaho National Lab. And what's really great is that not a lot of people understand that in this country, we have a phenomenal laboratory system. And the labs are research and development that work on really cool projects. I just can't wait to hear more about the organization, how you know candidates can best interact with them, what sets them apart as an employer. And um, I've heard rumors that they have a pretty amazing benefits and relocation package. So I'm super geeking out to hear more about that. What's so great about Meg is I love the National Lab System, and I really think that she is doing some amazing work. Meg recruits for Idaho National Lab because she believes one day she will recruit someone who will come up with the idea that saves the world. So she will have played a very large role in making sure that person is the right place at the right time. Welcome, Meg. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So Meg, I just sort of tipped it off there telling a little bit about yourself, but can you tell us about your journey coming to the Idaho National Laboratory? Well, I'd be happy to. I am very good at failing, the long and short of it. Whenever I fail, I fail in the right direction. And um, I started out in property management, which quickly realized was not for me. It was a miserable uh, choice for me to make. Luckily, the universe took over and I was released from that position because there were duplicate roles whenever two companies merged. So I drove to a temp agency, Robert Half International, to look for jobs. And they hired me as a recruiter and that was over 12 years ago. I left that company and got into more of the IT space for recruiting, which I loved. I felt like I had found my mecca because everything's always changing. The people are kind of weird and I, I fit in well with people who I think are weird because they think I'm weird too. After I was doing that for about seven years, I got my first chance to get into the cyber field. I started working for a small startup. And from there, my old boss at INL actually saw my information. And he's also from St. Louis, which is where I'm originally from. So he put in the tagline, go cards, which immediately got my attention. And that was four years ago, and here I am today. Well, I knew I liked Meg because I also grew up outside of St. Louis, and I'm a huge Cardinals fan. But we're not here to talk about Cards Baseball because we could do that all day long. But what we are here to talk about is the Idaho National Lab. So I know you are an expert on all things Idaho National Lab, but could you tell us a little bit more about the structure when it relates to potential hires? Kind of what would that look like for a potential hire, the structure of INL? 
Well, I wish I had a really concrete answer for you, but because we are a, a part of the lab system, we're not feds. We're kind of a mix between feds and private, I guess, um, in that, uh, you know, well, let me reverse. We move at the speed of government. I won't sugarcoat it. We move at the speed of government. You know, everything we do has lots of levels that it has to go through, lots of approvals that it has to go through. Prior to me ever even getting a job posting out, it has to go through me, through compensation, through the manager to get approved. I do all kinds of fancy things on my end to make sure that it's written in a way that speaks to as broad and deep uh, an audience as possible to really focus on our diversity inclusion and inclusion efforts. After that, uh, we have to go through all types of layers of approvals to get interviews scheduled, particularly since we're starting to bring people back on site. And then after that, we have to go through several layers to get price out so we know how much to pay people. So typically from the time somebody accepts an offer, forgetting the four weeks prior to that to get all these things approved, it takes probably another six weeks after that before somebody has actually started their first day in our defense, that does include a two-week notice, typically, and a relocation. So, um, so yeah, that's that's about as standard as it gets, though. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I don't think people realize how important it is that so many boxes are checked mm -hmm. when you work for a cleared employer, but also cleared agency and working on specific work because you are doing really great work, but we have to make sure that all of the boxes are checked. Mm -hmm. So talking about those cleared positions, what are kinds of positions that you're looking to hire for? Is there a specific skill set you're looking for or is it in many different buckets? It's in many different buckets, but almost all of the positions that I work on are cybersecurity, but Cybersecurity is a very broad umbrella, the same way as like being a doctor. You know, there's so many different categories under being a doctor. Um, so the same way with cybersecurity. I am not so much for uh, cybersecurity for like software or networks or anything along those lines, eh, some networks. But the majority of what I'm focusing on is the cybersecurity that focuses on uh, industrial control systems. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. SCADA systems, um, cyber physical systems, right? So it's going to be less on the, I guess, the high level side of things and more on the low level, the types of systems that if they went down or got tampered with, people could, there could be loss of life. And what does a typical hire look like? Is there a standard perfect candidate or is it all over the map? Well, there's a standard perfect candidate whenever the manager writes the job description. And then once we start looking for that person and realize they don't exist, I like to equate it to house hunting. So whenever I whenever I go to buy a new house, I have this perfect idea in my mind about, you know, like the 16 foot ceilings, 3000 square feet for like $90,000 on 10 acres. And that's typically how the ideal candidate starts out in a manager's mind. Uh well, once we start house hunting a little bit, we realize that maybe this person is or this house isn't exactly available. So I start figuring out what I can live with and what I absolutely cannot live without. Um, so that the same thing goes with these candidates. Now, um, while we don't require somebody to have a clearance the first day they start, they do have to be able to have 
that type of require, or they have to be able to to meet the requirements where they can get a clearance. They have to be U.S. citizens. They have to be willing to fill out all of the paperwork. They have to be able to pass a financial background check, criminal employment background check, hair follicle drug screen. Um, so a large part of it is just as crazy as this sounds, the willingness to go through, all, jump through all of those hoops, go through all of those steps, and then relocating to Idaho, that's a pretty big one too. But typically, if I can get somebody on the phone and talk to them about the location and the lab and the mission, it's unbelievably easy to talk people into uh, moving once they have all of those details. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the, the moving, and I know you're located in Idaho Falls. So tell us a little bit about what does the relocation process look like, and why in the heck does someone want to come to Idaho Falls? Why in the heck? That's what I, that's, so that's why I came up with that little thing that I say about, you know, and in, in, in that way I will have played my part in saving the world. Because the, the stuff that we do at INL is just awesome. So one of the, the programs that I'm working with very closely right now is SMC, Specific Manufacturing Capability. And they are a very old, well-established manufacturing uh, capability where they create the armor for the Abrams M1 tank. And what's cool about that is that what they do helps save lives. And that's amazing. Now, with regard to the relocation package, to give you an idea, when I, be, when I started with the lab four years ago, my relocation package was $60,000, and that's six zero, not one six, right? Um, since then, they somehow decided that $60,000 just wasn't enough money to relocate a person, so they have since taken the cap off of the relocation package. So whatever it costs is simply what it costs. We don't move large items like RVs or boats, but we will ship up to two cars for you. Motorcycles count as household goods. So as long as you're under the 30,000 pounds worth of household goods, you're good to go. I've had people ship two and three motorcycles. Um, it includes a house hunting trip for you and your spouse, a return to point of origin trip for you and your spouse. So to, to sign paperwork, tie up loose ends, that sort of thing. We have a company that we partner with that will actually help you sell your home, including like doing the valuation and the marketing and, and working with the realtor. We'll buy you out of a lease if that's if that's the case. Uh, we'll put you up in housing. So I believe that the per date per diem rate in Idaho Falls is ninety six dollars a day. So for the employee, we'll pay that at one hundred percent for the first thirty days. We'll pay it at seventy five percent for the next thirty days, and then we'll also pay a portion of your spouse and your children. So I believe it's seventy two percent for the first thirty days for your spouse and all of your children and then 62% for the next 30 days, somewhere around that for you, for your spouse and all your children. So if you have like a bunch of kids, you could really clean house by, <laughs> you know, one of our, one of our uh, employees there just ate a, st a steady diet of like peanut butter sandwiches and ramen noodles and was able to use that money to go to a down payment on their house. Um, I know I've been talking a long time, but there's still so much to discuss so I'll, I'll end it with this just because it, it, it does go on ad infinitum because the relocation package is just out of this world. But they pack up all of your stuff for you. They ship it and they unload it. So the only finger that you're lifting is when you point to the room where you want the movers to put the box. It is just that easy.
I love it. I wish I had that when I relocated. <laughs> I know. I was going to say my only concern was the 30,000 pounds. I mean, obviously they haven't seen my shoe collection. Right. So outside of that, it sounds brilliant. No, it, it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no. Um, relocation, I don't think people who've actually ever considered relocation realize how it has evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. But, And I'm sure that a lot of people say, there's no way I'd move to Idaho. But I spent some few, a few years in Idaho. I can tell you it's a beautiful place to be and a beautiful oh, yeah. place to, to raise a family. So Yeah, everything is so clean and pristine and untouched still. It's it's like another world. It is nice. And you get to save the world at the same That's right. time. So, you know, post pandemic, a lot of people have been talking about remote work. And, you know, we have two different kinds of remote work. We have one that's truly remote. You can be anywhere in the world as long as you're working within that specific time frame. And then you have another kind of work, hybrid remote work, which means you're at home sometimes and other times you're in at the office. So, it, what does it sound like at INL as far as remote work? Well, we're kind of a hybrid between those two things. So we do have people who telecommute 100% of the time, but it has to be within the United States. There are certain laws for different states that we have to kind of play nicely with. So there are two states, for example, that we simply cannot have people telecommute from. One is California and one is New York. And it has something to do with their specific employment laws that we can't seem to come to terms on. Now, um, what I will tell you, though, is that my position used to be on site 100 percent, no questions. Uh, But since the pandemic, we are now all of the recruiters have the option to be 100 percent remote. Three of our recruiters are in Florida. One's in Pennsylvania. I'm in Texas. So we are all over the all over the map now. And what I am starting to see, unless the position requires your, your work to be all in the classified space, the managers are starting to see like people can do this thing remotely and it saves us money and we're DOE. So if there's something that we can do to add to the reduction of the, our footprint and smog and pollution and all that, then we're absolutely for it. Uh, but it is, it is a, a, an ever-changing thing. It's a moving target at this point still. But we are starting to see that uh, in order for us to be competitive with the way the world is now, we have to consider these things. <laughs> and, and, and we love the puppies in the background. <laughs> I was hearing them drink water earlier. I love how the remote thing has, it's humanized people so much more. You know, like I just love that how this, it's not as personal, I guess, but in a way it's more personal because you get to see like the stuff that we have to put up with in our, in our normal, regular lives too. So I personally love it. Sounds great. Absolutely. So when you think of that competition, what is it that, you know, you're doing, the organization is doing to really compete for that clear talent? Like what sets you apart? What makes you special? I know you mentioned weird and amazing, but, uh, you know, what is it that really sets the organization apart and how are you really competing for that clear talent? Sure. Well, once I tell them about some of the different spaces that we are in, like the tank program, um, that tends to open some eyes and get some attention. Now, uh, some of the other things that we offer that a lot of other companies don't offer are like our schedules, our 401ks, our whole entire benefits package is, is really awesome. So we have a 980 schedule, which is just a really confusing way of saying every other Friday off. A lot of, a lot of the managers too are really okay if you want to do like 312s or 410s. 
they don't really care. We're, we're really good at hiring people who we trust and who can manage themselves. So because of that, there's not really a whole lot of input into what hours you work. Just so long as your stuff is getting done at a high quality, it really doesn't matter. I, I like to start at 5 a.m. That way, if I need to be done by 2, I can without guilt. It never works out that way, but if I ever wanted to, I technically could and not have to feel any guilt about it. We also have a phenomenal 401k. So regardless of whether you contribute anything to it or not, we put in 4.2% of your annual salary. Now, um, we do also match. So at the end of the day, if you max out in your contributions, the 15% yield on your 401k adds up real fast. We offer flex time, so you never work for free, which is awesome. Uh, we get paid every Friday, which is got to be my favorite thing. It literally feels like you make more money if you get paid once a week. I don't know why, it just does. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, a lot of the benefits that we offer, we're, we're progressive in some of the benefits that we offer. So mom doesn't just get maternity leave. So does dad. Dad gets paternity leave. We have domestic partner insurance. We have legal insurance. I, I've gone through a divorce since working at the lab, and I can tell you firsthand that legal insurance is amazing. Um, we have uh, identity theft insurance. We have contracts with a couple of the local universities. So our education assistants program isn't you pay for it and get good, get good grades and we'll pay you back. It is, here's some money, go, you know, go, go sign up for classes. So the entire package is just, it's just awesome. So that's one of the things, if I can get you on the phone with me and you let me tell you these things, it becomes easier than you could possibly imagine to get people on board to give us a shot. So it sounds like you probably have an amazing group of internal talent that exists. So like, how do you get these people? Like, how are they continuing to promote? What is advancement, career growth? What's it look like there? We are very much interested in building people up from within. Um, not only do you get to kind of tweak and mold the way you want them to, but I think that it also does a really, a really good job for creating some sort of loyalty, right? Um, now, what I will tell you too is that we actually have an entire group. And if you go to them and you say, this is what I want my career to look like in five years and in 10 years, they actually will create, it's called uh, my development journey, and they will help create a path for you. And this is the steps you need to go to get to this point, And this is what you need to do to get to this point. So um, it, it's that important to us that we actually have a whole entire group dedicated just to helping you get to the point where you want to be in your career. Um, now, it's also a really awesome opportunity to grow within the company because you already know people, you're in there. So one of our, oh, she hasn't, okay, let me, let me leave this one pretty clear because she doesn't know if she's getting an offer yet. So one of, one of my coworkers in, alert. Yeah, in group <laughs> A just interviewed for a job in group B. <laughs> And they, are, they have nothing to do with one another. But because of the ability to work closely and uh, create these relationships and, and gain knowledge that is adjacent to something that you want to do, um, that is a really awesome way for people to get promoted and kind of 
move around within the lab. One of the one of the recruiters that actually worked getting me hired is one who actually works in the the team that helps you with your development journey now. Um, we paid for her master's degree to go into a different area. She moved over there and um, she's thriving over in that area now. So we're, we're very supportive of building and creating and, and developing people from within. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. So many of our listeners have DOD security clearances. Can you sort of talk about that whole good old topic reciprocity between DOE, L and Q clearances? And what are some of the speed bumps through that crossover reciprocity process that our job seekers should be aware of? Yeah, that's a good question. So I don't deal so much with that part of it. But what I can tell you is that it has been brought to me that it is surprisingly easy um, transitioning from a DOD TS to a DOE Q or secret or, you know, to L. We have people internally who do that. Uh, I think that they take care of the majority of the paperwork as well. So there's not a lot of extra stuff that, that potential employees have to do. And I've heard that it is a kind of a, a non-event getting it transitioned from one to the other. I haven't heard of any hiccups or issues. Awesome. So is there anything in your hiring process that job seekers really should be aware of, you know, coming from that typical defense contractor? Do they structure their resume a certain way? Do you want to see the cover letters? Is there something particular about the interview process? So I do want to start with a disclaimer that these are my opinions (laughs) with (laughs) with regard to the design of the resume and the cover letter. I've been doing this for about 12 years and I can probably count on two hands how many cover letters I've read. I tend to go just to the meat and potatoes of the the resume. Now, what I would tell people is go on Google, type in resume, go to images and just search and see which type of resume your attention is drawn to. Use that as a template because I can tell you if you're looking at a thousand resumes a week, which is a busy week, but it, it has happened. If, if you're looking at paragraphs, like giant paragraphs, for me, it messes with my brain. You know, I need small bite-sized bullets that have a little bit of space in between them just because the way my eye moves, you know, it, it's able to psychologically comprehend and break down a little bit easier than somebody with the, 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 big paragraph resumes. Also, and I think that we should uh, normalize keeping colors off of resumes, particularly red. I don't know what it is about red and in emails and everything, but when someone uses bright red, as soon as I open it, I get like this little twinge of pain behind my eyes. And there's like some sort of psychological connection, like this induces anger. So the next time I get an email, I'm like, you know, even if I haven't opened it yet, it's so weird. So, but again, those are my opinions and everything. Um, Now with regard to the interview process, yes, we want to see that you're skilled. We want to see that you can talk to uh, what's on your resume, but don't underestimate the power of a good personality and, uh, just just being personable in general. I've gotten several jobs just by being nice to the person who uh, 
in, who um, let me into the office. I got a job one time at a nursing home for cleaning a guy's glasses, not knowing that the HR person was watching me from behind. So never underestimate that. Don't think that your skills and abilities are going to do all the heavy lifting. You have to be pleasant to work with 40 hours a week. So definitely keep that in the back of your minds. So you, you've touched on a few things. What is one other just quick misstep that you have seen job seekers do in their cleared job search that you think people should learn from? Uh, have your resume proofread. Um, I see lots of misspellings on uh, resumes and it's a tiny thing, but if it's a position that requires lots of attention to detail, it kind of speaks volumes if uh, the attention to detail was not paid on the actual resume, on the, on the way that you're actually trying to get the attention of the company that you want to hire you. So that's a big one. And as crazy as this sounds, and I've seen it happen more lately, make sure that the document you're uploading is your resume. Rachel's nodding. You've seen this before. I've seen yes. some crazy documents come through that are not actually resumes. And um, it, gets, it gets dark. It gets dark sometimes. <laughs> Quick. <stuff>. Yeah. <laughs> Quick. Go south real fast, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of personal stuff shared. And I'm like, oh, my God. TMI. Well, speaking of not TMI or maybe the need for information, if folks wanted to get in touch with you about some of the cleared opportunities, how can they how can they reach out and learn more? So I'm very active on LinkedIn. I accept almost every invite. And if I don't accept an invite, I don't decline it because I know that that goes against, you know, whenever you're trying to build your network. I've gotten put in LinkedIn jail more than once. Um, and then also my email address is pretty simple. It's just first.lastname at inl.gov. So meg.duba at inl.gov. And I love captive audiences. I know that sounds horrible, but I love talking to people about what I'd recommend for an interview or what I'd recommend for a resume. And um, having done this as long as I have, I think that I have decent advice to give, maybe not great all the time, but at least decent. And I, I'm happy to be a resource for somebody, even if I don't have anything for them, because sometimes you're planting seeds and sometimes you're cutting flowers. And in this business, you just never know when you can plant a seed and then years later, it's going to come back around. So, uh, that would be my best advice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Meg, that's it. So we just had a really great conversation, didn't we, Rachel, with Meg Duba of INL? <laughs> I mean, what? so much fun. So much fun. So I liked it that even though it's a government agency, she likes people to understand that you can be anyone you want to be. She has purple hair, she has tats, and they're really great about answering questions. It sounded like they had the most awesome benefits package. What was great for you? No, I loved all of that. And I think we know, do not use red font when talking to Meg. So I think we've learned that piece of it. But really, I mean, I, I just love the passion behind the benefits, what they're able to offer and relocation. I mean, Idaho, again, probably not on everyone's bucket list of locations to go, but just hearing how they're taking care of their employees, making sure that they're meeting all the needs for family, all of those things. It's, it's just brilliant and so appreciated. So, I mean, thumbs up, Meg. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. Please subscribe so you can catch us each week. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review us. Thank y'all.